Heyo, heyo, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. We are taking it back to kind of like a Fluently Forward original here, and we are going to be taking this week's episode to dive into a movie slash franchise series and talk about the rumors, the scandals, the blind items, the fun facts, the lore all around it. And you know what? We actually haven't done this for January, February, March, three months. The last time we did one of these episodes was December, where we were talking about white lotus blind items, which check out the episode if you haven't already. All right, I'm just going to get right into it. And I do want to say shout out to you guys in my DMs because this was highly suggested by a lot of you. And I think it's because hashtag we're all a slave to the algorithm. I think it's because of the Hunger Games is on Netflix now, right? Or at least I'm pretty sure they recently were put on there because it's been on my feed. And of course, once you guys gave me the idea to do the Hunger Games episode, I sat my ass down and I watched all four movies back to back one day and I had some really funky dreams because of it. Now, I'm excited to cover this because, you know, The Hunger Games is obviously based off of the book. It's a dystopian, young adult type of novel and I love those books. Shout out to anyone who's read the series by Scott Westerfield. I'd love to have him on the podcast one day. It was the Uglies, Pretties special series and I love that. And there's something so cool about Hunger Games, Harry Potter, Divergent, all of these dystopian YA books, or I guess fantasy, where you get to pick something. I just, I love picking. Like in Harry Potter, you pick your house. In Divergent, you pick, I think it's called your faction. In Hunger Games, there's the 12 districts. What do they stand for? Which one would you be from? Even in Sex and the City, right? Like what girl are you? I love consuming content while having like, I don't know, three to seven choices I can pick from and identify with as I consume it. So we're going to dive right on in here. I mean, Hunger Games is huge. Everybody knows it. We've got some major power players here. We've got Jennifer Lawrence as the lead. I mean, this franchise really shot her into the fast lane. I think it's a big reason why the series got so big. We've got some alleged romance on set. We've got recent news from cast members talking about sexual assault that happened while filming the movie, so years ago. So we're going to cover an individual breakdown of each person and the Hunger Games rumors around them, so kind of like their blind items and scandals in the 2018, 2015 types of years. And we're going to start by doing a little TLDR for anyone who isn't a huge Hunger Games fan. And by the way, there will be spoilers in this episode. All right. So if you need a little refresher of what happened in the Hunger Games, Suzanne Collins, by the way, is the author of this. Basically, there were four different movies, but one was like a two-parter about this. And we start with the Hunger Games. And what happens is the Hunger Games is you're living in this dystopian version of the future where you kind of break down America into 12 districts. And the capital city, the elites there, they once a year they hold this fucked up game called the Hunger Games. And that's where you, they randomly pick two kids from each district to like fight to the death in this arena. And whoever wins, oh, yay, you win. Your district gets some loaves of bread. You're doing well. And if you die, you just die. And it's this funked up form of entertainment that they do to like 
keep the masses both terrified, but also entertained. You know how like the government loves to do that with us. And I will say too, Suzanne Collins, I really want to look into her and her politics and what she believes because her main underlying message for all of these books is this is what happens when your government gets too powerful. So yes, in the first movie, we have Katniss Everdeen, played by Jennifer Lawrence, who gets picked to go into the Hunger Games, and we have got Pita Malak, played by Josh Hutcherson, and then we've got uh, a third little love interest called Gail, played by Liam Hemsworth. They both go into the arena. They both end up making it out alive, which angers the capital because only one child is supposed to make it out of that bloodbath. So then the next two movies are all about this rebellion against the capital that Katniss slash Jennifer Lawrence is leading. I would say if you're looking for something to watch, the first movie is awesome. The second movie is even better. And the third and the fourth one, I I don't know, I I would kind of leave it. Now, I am interested in some of the differences that happen between the books and the actual movies. What was really interesting is that Suzanne Collins, she was the one who adapted the novel for film. And normally that doesn't happen. I mean, when we did our Game of Thrones episode, shout out to that episode. Go ahead and listen to it if you haven't yet. What we saw was that D.B. and D.B. Weiss basically were the ones who took George R. R. Martin's works for Game of Thrones and then turned it into the film series. It's always a hard, I imagine, it has to be a hard task turning the written page into visuals. But in terms of Hunger Games, I feel like they were one of the ones to basically really hit it on every single mark. There were a few things that were different, like the dogs in the book are scarier versus the dogs in the movie just, you know, look more like dogs and less like monsters, but very, very minor instances. Something that was, I always like talking about casting. I do remember I read the books when I was younger and I was a little bit surprised when Jennifer Lawrence was picked to play Katniss Everdeen because in the book she's described as having olive skin tone complexion, dark black hair. And what's interesting is that every single person for, or at least the main three for this movie, dyed their hair. So I guess Jennifer Lawrence to me, when I had seen her on the red carpet in that beautiful red dress after she like, I don't know, was in her first big movie. She's just like a white blonde girl. And I didn't really see her for Katniss Everdeen. Of course now, you can't look at Katniss Everdeen and not think of Jennifer Lawrence playing her. But the other woman who auditioned to play the role of Katniss were Haley Steinfeld and Chloe Grace Moretz. I could I could maybe see Haley doing it, not Chloe at all. Peta, who was played by Josh Hutcherson, also he has dark hair and he dyed it blonde for the movie. Other people who were also auditioning for him were Evan Peters and Lucas Till. And Gail Hawthorne, who ended up being played by Liam Hemsworth, the other people who were auditioning for this were David Henry was one of them. The the other ones I don't know, so you probably don't know either, but David Henry, who played uh, Selena Gomez's brother in Wizards of Waverly Place, he could not be Gail. Like David Henry just has Disney Channel original face. Do you know what I mean? That's probably such an awful thing to say because I'm sure like no man wants that. (laughs) Like, I don't know. He just, he doesn't have dystopian future life of hard knocks face. He has like Talbot's commercial face. Now what's interesting is that there is another movie on the rise that's going to be coming out. So The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is set to be coming out November 2023. So this fall. 
And it's basically a spinoff of The Hunger Games. It's going to be a prequel. And it's going to have some folks in it that basically tell the story of evil President Snow back when he was like a young, hot teenage thing. And it's going to be his story. Some of the folks in it, Hunter Schaefer is going to be in it. That's like the only name that really stuck out to me. But there we go. We've got a new Hunger Games movie coming out. Now, before we get into the blinds and the rumors and the gossip around all of this, there is one long blind item about this. And I'm going to first off say, take this with maybe 20 grains of salt, because it's one of these blind items where it kind of, it's written like Jennifer Lawrence wrote this and then submitted it. And while I think some of the scenarios in this blind item, I could definitely see it being true, the likelihood of Jennifer Lawrence sitting down for fun and being like, let me just share every dirty little secret and scandal that happened for free, for fun, just to put it out there. Like, I can't really see her doing that, especially when we get into Jennifer Lawrence. She was the highest paid actress in the world for two years straight. So I don't know, like the stuff in this first blind item, this kickoff one is kind of salacious, but here we go. I have been saving this one for a few months in anticipation of this week where everyone is ready to see the movie. Over 2,000 screenings are already sold out and the reviews are great, but what happened while the movie was being made? Someone in the cast who was shooting almost every day filled me in on every detail. They are also one of the stars of The Blind. I'm going to let her tell it in her words with just a little bit of editing by me to add the identifiers. From the first time all of us were together, it was pretty amazing. I think we were all excited to be a part of a movie that was going to be a big hit. And this wasn't just any movie. We all knew that we won the fucking lottery by being cast in the movie, and it wasn't about the craft or anything else. It was about us making it as actors and actresses and having the opportunity to be known. From day one, I knew this now B-plus-less actor, but relatively unknown actor, wanted me. And that is, allegedly, Liam Hemsworth. I wanted him. The problem? We both had other people in our lives. She, Jennifer Lawrence, allegedly was dating Nicholas Holt at the time, and Liam was dating Miley. So, after a few days of flirting on the set a million miles from our partners, we decided fuck it, and we fucked. Like crazy. Like rabbits. Everywhere. We needed to get it out of our system, and we did. The next thing you know, he's dumping his celebrity girlfriend and telling me that he wants to be with me. And then I kind of woke up and realized that I loved my boyfriend. It took a long time before he would speak to me again, but he did manage to get back together with his celebrity girlfriend, Miley, and she visited once. Idiot. There's another male lead, Josh Hutcherson, but honestly, there are no sparks. And it's only because we became good friends and that he's such a good actor that you see any sparks with him on screen. For as many young people as there were, there weren't that many drugs around. Tons of boozing, underage and otherwise, but it was mainly the grown-ups, as we called them, that were treating the woods of North Carolina like their very own hot box. One of the grown-ups is so damn sexy, and this is allegedly Lenny Kravitz, that I almost forgot my vow to be faithful to my boyfriend after my slip. I did slip up one other time, but it was just making out. I think that guy was gay anyway. And we don't know, by the way, we don't know who she's referring to there. Okay. So the sexy, hot grown-up, Lenny Kravitz, smoked pot every day and the sexiest body I have ever seen. Seriously. He might be older, but when he speaks and moves, people look. He's a total pothead, though. The only person that I saw keep up with him was the girlfriend who visited the actor that I had sex with, Miley. And this other B++ list, now movie actor who got started in TV, Woody Harrelson. 
The thing is about our sexy actor slash celebrity, Lenny Kravitz, is that he kind of likes them young. Not young like how other people like them young. The guy does not care how old you are, but you better look 15 or he's not going to be interested. He gave everyone the creeps and was always showing up in strange places. Now, this person that we're talking about, by the way, just because sometimes I like to poke in here when the blind is meandering. It was basically saying Lenny Kravitz likes some young, but not like how allegedly Wes Bentley likes them young. And Wes Bentley, if you watch the first Hunger Games, he was the game maker Seneca with like the weird patterns curved into his beard. And that's who this part of the blind item is talking about. So they're saying that he's a creep. He gave everyone the creeps and he was always showing up in strange places. He was married too. And he told people that he had married his mistress after cheating on his wife with her. What a creep. He was way into this about-to-be B-plus lister who was way underage, which people think is Willow Shields who played Primrose. I don't know if they ever did anything because she kept to herself and thought that she was better than all of us. Anyway, going back to the sexy actor Lenny Kravitz, at first he was hitting on this B-list actress from TV and movies— Elizabeth Banks, and we all thought that they made a great couple. Turns out that even though she was interested in him, he turned her down. He ended up having sex with this production assistant who was 18 and just got the job because her dad owned some buildings that we used for filming. He was always very nice to her, but she was in love with him and everyone was jealous of her. There was one actor who I mentioned above who was a pothead, allegedly Woody Harrelson. He was basically treating this movie as his personal playground. It didn't matter if you were gay or straight or old or young. He was going to hit on you, and if you were up for it, he was going to have sex with you. The guy must have had sex with two different people each day, and he's married, so it was kind of disgusting. He was the biggest star that everybody wanted to meet when he was on set, and he knew it. I also heard that he took a lot of photos of the girls that he had sex with. He never tried to hit on me, but he did hit on this girl that he thought was 20 because of how she looks, but was really 12. And they say that is Willow Shields. Allegedly. I have never seen anyone so stoned act that well. He was very good. What else? One pregnancy for sure during filming, multiple breakups and getting back together, and it was always funny when a girlfriend or boyfriend would come visit the set and everyone would pretend that the other party had been totally faithful. No one was faithful except for this one older actor who was so good, Stanley Tucci. He was about to get married and he was such a good actor and he behaved himself. He was about the only one. It was like people had never been away from home before. I hope that this is what you were looking for. So who knows? People, like, it, it kind of seems like it's written, like Jennifer Lawrence wrote that, but I just have so much doubt that Jennifer Lawrence would be spending time writing all of this. But then again, like, why could I see some of it being true? Like, Lenny Kravitz is sexy. I'm sure him and Woody Harrelson do smoke pot, and I would totally believe that Jennifer Lawrence. Here's the thing that makes me go, oh, my God, and only, like, 2% of me believes that it's real only 2%. But the 2% that says, could it be real is the part where allegedly Jennifer Lawrence is saying that her and Liam decided, fuck it. And we fucked like crazy, like rabbits. Why can I see Jennifer Lawrence saying, oh, we fucked like rabbits? Like, I feel like that phrase could come out of her mouth. Do your financial goals feel out of reach because they don't have to be? With Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can start building credit with your own money through on-time payments and small everyday purchases like groceries, streaming, and gas. Members will see an increase of 30 points to their credit scores on average. Chime reports your payments to all major credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. Start making your financial dreams a reality with Chime. Chime. 
Signing up only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash fluently. That's chime.com slash fluently. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank, not pursuant to a license from Visa USA Chime Credit Checking Account, and $200 qualifying direct deposit is required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Based on a study conducted by Experian, Credit Builder members observed an average of 30-point FICO score 8 increase after 8 months with regular on-time payments. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply, except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any all-point or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Anyway, buckle up. That was just the intro blind, and we are getting right into it, starting with Jennifer Lawrence. I've always liked her. I know that we, as a society, hated her for a bit, and I think we've all agreed at this point it was just overexposure. Like, you you hate anyone when they've been overexposed too much. And I think she said in interviews, too, like, I was getting sick of myself, you know? I don't know about you guys. Doing three episodes a week here, because we also have the hashtag uh, shout out to Patreon, patreon.com slash fluentlyforward. I get really sick of myself too. I don't want to hear my voice anymore. I don't want to see my face. Like, oh God. Anyway, but one of the reasons I like Jennifer Lawrence so much is because she was the one who said, I kind of want to know what's going on with Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss. Did she not speak for the entire world when she said that? And I just... She knows some stuff, and I think she's a Gaylor. I really do. I think that she, you know, would browse the Gaylor Swift subreddit, or at least she would before it kind of went to hell in a handbasket. I just think that she's like one of us, you know? I get good vibes. She, like I said before, 2015, 2016, the world's highest paid actress. Jennifer Lawrence is making money when it comes to acting. And I frankly believe, I mean, having come fresh off of a four-episode binge of The Hunger Games... She's so good. When she volunteers, just in the first movie alone, when she volunteers for her sister, just tears, tears. And she's so good at fight scenes and being angry, but also being sincere. She's a great actress, I think. Okay, so she grew up in Kentucky. When she was a kid, she would perform in church plays, school musicals. She always loved acting. Her parents were kind of like, "Mm, maybe don't do that, but she was just really, really drawn to it. When she went to vacation at age 14 with her family, she was spotted by a talent scout. And then after that, she moved to LA and started her acting career. Her first kind of like big, big role was Winter's Bone in 2010. And then it was after that that she was Mystique in the X-Men series and Katniss Everdeen. And I think her being Katniss was what really shot her to the moon. She has worked with the controversial director David O. Russell before. They did Joy. And it's funny because David O. Russell has such... Why is he still around? Do you know what I mean? Just like all of these shitty guys in Hollywood. Anyway, he's got a very scandalous and problematic past. Basically, this could be an episode in itself, but basically in 2011, his transgender niece, Nicole, filed a police report saying that he had sexually assaulted her. And this was something that happened in the gym. And he was just, oh God, it's just so gross. But basically she accused him of fondling her breasts. And basically they were working out together in this like hotel gym. He tried to help her, not sorry. (laughs) I say tried to help her, like it was so virtuous. He was like, let me help you with ab exercises. And he was like putting his hand on her abs. And then he placed his hand right above her genitals. 
And then he ended up asking her about her transition. And after she described the hormones that she used, he put his hands under her shirt and felt both of her breasts. And the weirdest, sickest part of all of this is that when the police came, David O. Russell didn't deny what happened. And then he said that his niece had been, quote, acting very provocative towards him. What in the damn fuck? So anyway, people are still working with him. He had like a big movie a couple months ago. Taylor Swift was in it. Margot Robbie was in it. Was it Christian Bale who was in it? Anyway, I just want to bring this up because allegedly they did the movie Joy together. She was playing this like single mom who ends up becoming a business booming sensation after she invents the miracle mop. And there were rumors that when they were working on that movie together, that there was a quote screaming match that a lot of people witnessed between them because they disagreed about something in the movie. And I will say, I do see Katniss Everdeen in Jennifer Lawrence. Like if David O. Russell is saying something, I could see her yelling at him and being like, I don't like that. Now, she's also, she's been away for a couple of months. I mean, I'm sure if you are the highest paid actress for two years, you you get to take a little bit of time off. She's coming back and she's doing this comedy film called No Hard Feelings. I watched the trailer. I'm into it. I love a good rom-com. And some people were saying, oh, this looks stupid. This is so lowbrow. Okay. I liked Wedding Crashers. I liked Napoleon Dynamite. I liked that movie where Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake hook up. Friends with Benefits, right? I like stupid movies. Give me more of them. I'm tired of all of these like depressing movies and biopics and sequels. So we'll see if that's any good. Dating-wise, she had dated Nicholas Holt. They were both filming X-Men together. I thought that they were a cute couple. She also dated Darren Aronofsky. He's a filmmaker. They worked together on the movie called Mother, which was like a twisted horror movie that was famous for people walking out of the theater because they were so disgusted at what was happening in the movie. And then in 2018, she started dating somebody named Cook Maroney, who's an art gallery director. They became married and they have a kid now. And a couple people in my DMs who live in the Kentucky area have slid in and been like, her family does not like this Cook guy. They think that he's shady and he's trying to take her money. So, oh, there we go. A little bit of drama. She was also one of the victims of the 2014, what did they call it? The Fappening, the celebrity nude photo leak, where basically a bunch of different celebrities had their photos leaked. In the blind items, there's this blind item rumor that goes around that basically says, was was it a leak of different people's iCloud passwords or were these photos that had been sent to Harvey Weinstein and casting directors, kind of like this photographic blackmail, send this to me, and different directors would like pass it around in group chats and maybe one of their phones got hacked. It's an interesting thing to think about. So that does kind of bring this, we're going to talk about Harvey Weinstein basically, because the main blind item lore about Jennifer Lawrence, and it's something that she's addressed herself. And by the way, when she's addressed it, she's said, No. Well, she hasn't said that she didn't. In a Vogue interview, they were like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever heard about yourself? The weirdest rumor. And she said that I fucked Harvey Weinstein. And blind items definitely say, right, like, oh, did she sleep with him? She slept with him. Here's my thoughts on this. Did Jennifer Lawrence sleep with Harvey Weinstein? We know some women in Hollywood were physical with him, of course, right? Like this was like some sort of weird black male coercion currency that he used. And I've seen some guys online, uh, of course, right? (laughs) What sentence ends good if you start it like that? But I've seen some guys online say 
Well, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence, Gwyneth Paltrow, Blake Lively. I'm sure all of these women just chose to do it. Like they were in full control and some women just choose to sleep around to get ahead. And that's a choice and an option that you have as a woman in Hollywood. Just own up to it and say that you slept with him. I personally think that women who were physical with Harvey, I don't, I just don't think that you can ever call it sleeping with him. I think that every encounter Harvey Weinstein had was non-consensual. And just please, like, if you think that it's not, and I feel like no, like, not that many guys listen to this podcast, but if you think that it's not, go read some of the testimonies of this woman where they describe being raped by Harvey Weinstein and feeling like the pimples on his back and like looking at them and just kind of disassociating when it happened. And I just think that a lot of idiots online, and I don't even know why I'm saying this because like I need to go on like some sort of male comedians podcast and say this there, like I'm pretty sure everyone agrees with me, but I think that a lot of idiots online have this like very short definition of rape. And they think that rape is when you're being physically held down with a knife at your throat and you're raped. And here's a hot take. I think that's why a lot of guys think that they haven't raped women when they have, because they think rape only happens at knife fight or sorry, at like a knife point or in an alley or like a stranger in a parking lot. And that's, it's just not true. So non-consensual sex can involve coercion or fear that if you don't do this, then X is going to happen. It can involve power imbalances. And we have so much proof that Harvey did this too. Like, I think so many dumbass guys online are like, oh my God, well, Harvey, it was basically if you were a woman in Hollywood, then you either sleep with Harvey to get the role or you don't get the role and you have to find a different one. That wasn't how it worked. It wasn't like, hey, sleep with me and I'll give you this role. It was, if you sleep with me, maybe you'll get this role. And if you don't sleep with me, you are blacklisted from the industry and the career that you spent the last 12 years of your life working on is done in an instant. You'll never work a day here again. You'll be back at square one and it'll be like the last 10 years of your hard work didn't even matter. It was blackmail. It wasn't like, oh, here's a fun perk you know, do this for me and I'll do this for you. It was either do this for me or I ruin you. There really wasn't much wiggle room as it seems. So anyway, just in some of these blind items, if the phrasing of the blind item says that like Jennifer Lawrence slept with Harvey Weinstein, first of all, take it with like nine grains of salt because these are blind items. And secondly, I'm just of the belief that I don't think anyone quote unquote slept with Harvey, you know? All right, now this is a blind item about sleeping with a director, but allegedly it is about David O. Russell, not Harvey Weinstein. And it says, with the director that she used to sleep with for roles flailing, this is now the time that the former a plus actress decides to step back into the limelight. This is a lovely little blind item I like the verbiage of. This a plus mostly movie actress who has one more installment of her hit franchise to promote was doing lines of coke like a champ last night. She had stopped using for a while, but I guess she is back on the Coke Express. That just makes me want to do some cocaine so I can say that I'm taking a ride on the Coke Express. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Coke Express, Polar Express, skiing on the slopes. Is there like something there? I don't know. Let's, let's, let's brainstorm, kick it around. This was one that I hadn't expected. This A-plus list mostly movie actress is on a promotional tour for her new movie. This married, foreign-born, A-list, mostly movie actor, 
Daniel Craig is on a promotional tour for his new movie. One drink in a mutually shared hotel bar led to them hooking up in his suite. I could totally see that happening. Let me know what you think. This former A-plus list mostly movie actress who is an Oscar winner nominee and has slept with not only the disgraced producer, but multiple co-stars too, is not even trying to deny that she is the star of a new music video about the cheating actor. And yes, that is in reference to Miley Cyrus, the Flowers music video, and people thinking that it references Jennifer Lawrence and Liam Hemsworth sleeping together. If you are a member of our Patreon, you know that we already covered this a couple months ago, and I totally believe the theory. We got another one here. The whole marriage thing isn't going to last much longer for the former A-plus list actress who is an Oscar winner. We have another one too. talk about different affairs. This is about Jennifer Lawrence with Chris Pratt when they filmed the movie Passengers. The first blind about this says, this A, A-list list mostly movie actress who is an Oscar winner regrets doing a movie, not because of the box office, but because of the affair that she had with her co-star, which led to the end of his marriage. And I also think that Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt slept together. Here's another blind item about it. I love how this A-list mostly TV actress from a very hit network show who is also A-list in movies, Anna Ferris, thinks that her ex didn't cheat with this A-plus-list mostly movie actress. She even thinks the pair are friends. She might want to ask about the overnight boat incident if she needs something specific. Okay, if anyone knows Anna Ferris, tell her to ask about that damn overnight boat incident. This is a blind that already we did our Aziz Ansari episode. Check that one out. But this, you probably already heard this one here, but it was basically saying, you know who wasn't invited to the wedding of this illiterate comic actor, the A-list mostly movie actress that he would dump his wife for in a second if he thought that he had a shot at the actress. She did him so wrong and he would still try again. And I totally believe Aziz Ansari would be hung up over Jennifer Lawrence. She friend zoned him so hard. We talk about this more in the episode, but basically like everyone in the world could tell that Aziz was in love with Jennifer Lawrence and she would do interviews and be like, Haha, no, he's a friend. This was another pairing I didn't expect. This A-plus list mostly movie actress says she drunkenly hooked up with this married A-list singer slash A-minus actor. And that is allegedly Jennifer Lawrence and Justin Timberlake. Tell me why I could see that too. Maybe I could just see Jennifer Lawrence like with anybody. I don't know. Now, Jennifer Lawrence did date Chris Martin briefly. This is a blind item about that. At a little gathering this past weekend, this A-list, mostly movie actress, Gwyneth, reminded her celebrity husband, Chris Martin, about the deal that they have. Their children can't meet lovers unless both parties agree. Our actress is holding back her approval of the husband's current lover, but has already given permission for the female celebrity that he was seeing before. And there were a lot of different blind items, too, about Gwyneth Paltrow being jealous of Jennifer Lawrence and not wanting her and Chris Martin to be together. Interesting. All right, here's another one about Liam Hemsworth allegedly cheating. This A-list, mostly movie actress, J-Law, thinks that she has Liam Hemsworth wrapped around her finger. Nope, because apparently he has also been hooking up regularly with this other B-list co-star, Jenna Malone, who has been really good at acting since her first role as a tweener. And Jenna Malone was Joanna, the woman who stripped in the elevator in the second movie. All right, moving right along to Liam Hemsworth. He's an Australian actor. You obviously know both of his brothers. Chris Hemsworth, who's probably best known for playing Thor, and Luke Hemsworth, who 
the role that sticks out the most to me was when he played one of like the buff guys in Westworld. I don't think like he's as big. And by the way, some of these blind items were saying that Liam Hemsworth was bitter because he didn't get the role for Thor and Chris did. I don't know. I just, I'm not like crazy about Liam Hemsworth. I feel like his acting is pretty wooden throughout all of the movie. I mean, on like kind of everything that I've seen him in, I could not see him doing Thor that well. So yeah, he really rose to fame, honestly, because of Miley Cyrus, right? So he was in the last song, the Nicholas Sparks novel turned into a movie where he played the love interest of Miley Cyrus. He was then in her music video for When I Look at You. And then he ended up being Gale in The Hunger Games. And he was with Miley. They were together, I mean, not all the time, but they were basically together for 11 years. So after they filmed the last song in 2009, he started dating Miley. They had like a three-year on-again, off-again relationship. In 2012, they got engaged. In 2013, they ended their engagement. In 2016, they were engaged again. And then obviously, as we know now, they are divorced and they're kind of beefing over her latest album. Now, his blind items, if you are a member of our Patreon on January 27th, the title of the episode we did was called Trending Topics and the Blinds Behind Them. I'm just not going to read all of them, but any blind item about Liam Hemsworth was like, he's cheating on Miley. He's cheating on Miley. And then there were a few that were like, and she's also cheating on him, but with women. And then he's cheating on her. And then he's cheating on her. And he's basically always been cheating on her. So, you know, that's the TLDR of the blind items. All right. Josh Hutcherson, who played Pita Malak. I always say it like that in Effie's voice from The Hunger Games. He was also born in Kentucky. Okay, similar to Jennifer Lawrence. And he broke out as a child actor when he was in Bridge to Terabithia. And that's a really funny, really fun, make you feel good movie. No, I'm just kidding. It, it'll send you into a depression. <laughs> He has said before that Jake Gyllenhaal is like a huge inspiration for him. Philip Seymour Hoffman was another one of his inspirations. They obviously work together. And he's, I feel like Josh Hutcherson, like I really only know of him from Hunger Games, but he talks a lot like he's wanted to produce. He's wanted to direct. He's talking about Jake Gyllenhaal as his inspiration. He bought the former house of Heath Ledger, this like $2.5 million ranch in California. So I think he's like a little bit, you know, out of the limelight, but cares about the craft of stuff. And I think he was really good as PETA. I, let me know, by the way, were you team Gale or team PETA? I tried typing this in online and I was hit with a bunch of these blogs that were like, can we not do this ladies? Like, you know, it's 2020 something, you know, we should care more about Katniss and the love for her sister. Fuck off, dude. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, no sisterly love is great. Like I cried when she volunteered for her sister. I love the hell out of my sister. And I also love a good love triangle. I thought the whole name of feminism was that like, right. You could not talk about boys or you could also choose to talk about boys if you want to. And I want to know who's team Gail and who's team PETA. I personally am a PETA pocket. I'm a, I'm a fan of PETA. Anyway, um, and something else that I want to talk about with Josh Hutcherson, you know, this was a section on his Wikipedia, but I think it ties pretty well, well into his blind items. He's a very big ally to the LGBTQ community. He advocates for the Gay Straight Alliance campaign called Straight But Not Narrow. 
He was the youngest recipient of the Vanguard Award from GLAAD in 2012. He's just been awarded with like every year he's getting awarded from some sort of LGBTQ community. Regarding his own sexuality, he's considered himself, quote, mostly straight and doesn't believe in being limited by labels. He hosts these like celebrity basketball games and all of the funds and awareness go straight to the straight goes straight to the straight but not narrow campaigns. And, you know, I'm just saying I look up a lot of celebrities for these episodes. And when I peruse the nonprofit work that they do, you know, I'm thinking Elliot Page. I'm thinking Daniel Radcliffe. There's definitely a lot of people who dedicate huge chunks of their life to awareness and donations and funds for the LGBTQ communities. Somebody else who does that is I'm reminded of Taylor Swift who does that. And I just think, you know, celebrities are very creative, talented, imaginative, ambitious people. Do they usually spend a huge portion of their life donating money to causes that have never personally impacted them? Not usually. Caraway Cookware. I was so over the moon when we first got Caraway as a sponsor because let me tell you, I have been lusting over their kitchenware, and I know that sounds weird, but I have for a very long time and trying it out. I've been cooking more. I've been excited to be into the kitchen, and I think it's because not only is cooking on these kitchenware items so easy, but the cleanup is such a breeze as well. And I'm sure you're just like me. There's something about working with an aesthetically pleasing product that just makes you want to use it more. It's like a little life hack for me. So not only are these Caraway products beautiful, they're also non-toxic. They're made without any toxic materials or any of those hard-to-pronounce chemicals, and they are also built for easy cooking. So they have a ceramic naturally slick surface. I'm cooking eggs on there. It's easy to fry them, flip them, everything. It's fantastic. So over 30,000 people have all also raved about their Caraway kitchen. Now it is time for you to try it for yourself. You can visit carawayhome.com slash fluently. Take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off of your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash fluently, or you can use the code fluently at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Anyway, let's get into these blind items. Apparently, this closeted B-plus list mostly movie actor from a franchise that has one installment remaining is taking PR tips from an A-plus list mostly movie actor, allegedly Brad Cooper. Lots of PDA with a woman to really try and prove to the world you are straight. No one cares. It's fine to be out of the closet. And I will just give a little bit of pushback just to the phrasing of that blind because obviously it is 100% more than fine to be out of the closet. I'm sure... I actually, you know what? I can't even speak for it because I don't. I'm not even fully out there with like my sexuality, but... It's, it's good to be authentic and true to yourself and, and live in the way that you truly want to live. It just feels good. It feels right in your body when you're doing something that you truly want to do. But I want to push back on the phrasing here of it's fine to be out of the closet. It's still not in Hollywood. Like, I just think so many people, first of all, anyone who is straight telling somebody else like, okay, like it's fine to be out of the closet. You don't get to tell them that. Like you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to go to Thanksgiving and look around the table and take like mental notes in your head of like, okay, who would be okay if I said that I was attracted to people of my same sex and who would like disown me or try to talk me out of it. 
Like you don't know the fear of like setting up your own, like a dating profile when you're looking for someone of the same sex and being like so incredibly nervous about doing that. You don't know what it's like to like have fights and have relationships end because you haven't come to terms yet with your own sexuality. And it's like making you act weird around certain people because maybe you can't admit to yourself yet that you're attracted to them. Like there's just so many different things. So I always get like a little bit a tiny bit triggered whenever somebody straight is like, just like come out of the closet. It's like not that hard. It's like, shut the fuck up. Anyway, but I will say too, even in Hollywood, I've just heard of so many stories from other actors and actresses talking about how in Hollywood, like people are still scared to come out of the closet because, you know, what if some studio or directors are bigoted, I would say most of them are, and they're like, oh, well, because you're gay, we're not going to cast you for the super manly alpha superhero role because we just don't think you would be a fit. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So that's just my little aside. Okay, the next blind item. This B-list, mostly movie actor from a recently ended franchise, may finally be swinging that closet door open. It was all hands and mouths with two male dancers wearing nothing but Speedos the other night at a West Hollywood club. What do you think it means when they say it was all hands and mouths? Like jerking each other off and kissing? Like I'm just trying to imagine or like sucking on each other's fingers. Like I'm trying to imagine what exactly happened. So this very solid A-list movie actor, Bradley Cooper, who has rocketed to almost A-plus list status in the past year, has had a series of gorgeous girlfriends. Back to back to back, they have been B-plus or A-list actresses. Anyway, it seems that our actor is not above getting a little male action on the side. Never a main course, but always on the side. He also prefers them younger than him. Our actor has been sending emails to a brand new A-list actor who is just getting started with his own franchise. The two actors have been communicating and even gone out once or twice, but so far the young actor is resisting the advances of the A-lister. And that is allegedly Bradley Cooper putting the moves on Josh Hutcherson. There were also a lot of different blind items here about Josh Hutcherson post Hunger Games or kind of like after the first movie, really having trouble with drinking, partying, maybe it sounds like depression, like going on talk shows and, uh, quote, hadn't showered for what seemed like weeks, judging from the smell emanating from his body. And I just, once again, I'm finding a parallel between, if you haven't listened to our Harry Potter episode yet, the Josh Hutcherson and the Daniel Radcliffe blind items and their work with the LGBTQ community. I just see a lot of parallels. They should date each other. They would both know what it's like to be like known for your franchise. Okay. This was one that has to do with Hunger Games. Sam Claflin, he played Finnick O'Dare, the sexy guy with the Poseidon trident, the trident. There we go. And he's also in the newest Daisy Jones and the Six TV series. Let me know if you want an episode on that. We covered the book over on Patreon for our book club. I've seen the first couple of episodes. I feel like Sam Claflin isn't a good Billy. And I think he's so good as as Finnick O'Dare. He really looked good. Like, oh, he's got that great jawline, that good smile. I just feel like as Billy, he looked like 50 years old next to a bunch of young kids. And I don't know why. Anyway, okay. Off topic, let's read the blind item. This b list movie actor is making producers crazy. He's supposed to be the strong heterosexual love interest of this very, very important movie, and he won't stop holding hands and kissing his co-star boyfriend. Producers are terrified that the actor will be caught and it will damage their box office. So see, like, even that blind item, like, 
basically proves correct or proves wrong the other blind item that was like, you can come out of the closet. It's totally fine. Well, not really. Like this blind item is saying that producers are like terrified of him holding the guy's hand. Okay, this blind item said a very public date night last night at the Lakers game with his boyfriend for this mostly closeted B-list, mostly movie actor who was going to quickly drop once his franchise fades from memory. And if you type in Josh Hutcherson Lakers game, he is attending it with a cute guy. Maybe there's something there. He also attended some of them with Vanessa Hudgens. Okay, this blind item, (laughs) I don't think it's true, but I think it's so fun. At a recent press junket, two co-stars were together promoting a film. The two co-stars, Vanessa Hudgens and Josh Hutcherson, have slept together in the past, but made a bet to see who could bed someone of their same sex first. The winner was the actress who slept with a female publicist. I don't think that that is true, but if anyone wants to like try that out with me one night, I feel like that could be fun. This publicly closeted B-list mostly movie actor who was only B-list because of his current franchise almost didn't make it to a photo call on time because his fairly new male lover couldn't find the key to the handcuffs that they had been using. When our actor relayed the story to his co-stars, they started laughing so hard that tears came to their eyes and they covered by telling the press about a practical joke that one of them pulled on set. And it's funny because there are, they had a lot of fun doing promo and press tours for the Hunger Games. And they did always talk about like pranks and how like Josh would pull pranks on people on set. It kind of makes me like rewatch them and be like, okay, did they ever mention a prank with handcuffs? Is there something there? And then this is one, if you've listened to our Glee or our Swift Gron episode, Diana Agron with Josh Hutcherson. It says, when we last saw this B-list, mostly TV actress from the hit network show, she was being paid as arm candy for a married executive. Apparently, she likes this kind of work because this week she has been the paid arm candy for the -the still-in-the-closet B-list, mostly movie actor who is the least memorable from that franchise and is still continuing. He needed someone for parties. I bet she will want the premiere of the next installment of the franchise as part of the deal. And if you type in, right, like Josh Hutcherson and Diana Agron, there were definitely some rumors and PR articles. What's also funny is that if you listen to our Swiftcron episode about Diana and Taylor Swift, I'm pretty sure that Taylor Swift and Diana saw the Hunger Games together one day. So it, it all circles back. All right, Woody Harrelson, he played Hamish Abernathy, I think. I always, I love Woody Harrelson. I just like every time he's in a movie or he's in True Detective or he's once again, shout out to Friends with Benefits, that movie with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. I just he's always like the kind of comic relief, grab a beer at the airport with him type of guy. And I was a fan of his back when I was vegan because he just does a lot of good things for the vegan movement. And he's turned a lot of people vegan because he hasn't been super up your ass and around the corner with it, you know? Also, he's a conspiracy theorist, okay? So I got to love him for that. Him and a couple celebrities were all together on doing a 9-11 truther movie called September Morn. I think he's also talking about 5G. 5G, I mean, you lose me with a lot of this stuff, but 5G is something that like, I haven't even grasped the basics of it. I, I can't call myself a conspiracy theorist. I have to look into it. JFK's assassination is oddly enough related to Woody Harrelson. So his estranged father, Charles Harrelson, confessed to being 
JFK's assassin. Basically, he was under arrest for another murder and he was like high on cocaine or I think like tripping on acid. And he confessed to the murder that he was under arrest for. And then he also said that he assassinated JFK. And while at the time, I think the police was like, okay, this guy's just like high on drugs and he's saying whatever. There's a photo of, uh, quote, the three tramps, and that's three men that were spotted near the building that Lee Harvey Oswald shot JFK from, and different people have matched the images of these three tramps with Woody Harrelson's father, and they think that he could have been there and involved in the assassination. I recently watched a JFK assassination documentary. I will die on the hill. I know so much about this now. And do I think Lee Harvey Oswald shot him? Yes but I think that he was shot by two different people in two different directions. And I think that Lee Harvey Oswald was a CIA plant. And if I sound insane, which like I might, you got to watch the documentary too, because you come away from it being like, oh my God, the government like completely lied to us. Let me know who you think killed JFK. Okay, the Woody Harrelson blind items were not really that crazy. It was basically just like this um, married B-plus list mostly movie actor bong, and he's smoking a bong, and he's getting high with his bong. And then there was a blind item about him and Owen Wilson. Uh, It is possible a new world record could be set for the most pot consumed by two lead actors in a movie when they were in Lost in London. This one is kind of related to Hunger Games. It says, this married Hunger Games actress, Elizabeth Banks, told her husband that they can stay married if he wants, but she's going to keep hooking up with her co-star, Woody Harrelson. And I find that interesting because in Hunger Games too, Effie and Hamish, they were in a lot of scenes together and they were always like, oh, like I can't stand you. Like we're so different from each other. Tension, baby. Okay, now this one is... (laughs) This one might be my favorite blind item out of the entire episode. It's just so fucking nuts. It's called Conspiracy Love. This actor, Woody Harrelson, is married and permanently A-list. All of you know who he is. He has been nominated slash won multiple Academy Awards, and the same goes for Emmy Awards, too. In the early days of lockdown, he found a foreign-born former A-list singer-rapper, Iggy Azalea, who shared his love of conspiracy, and they went from emailing once or twice a week to then every day, and finally, about a year ago, they started hooking up in person. Apparently, they went to a couple of various retreats that focused on some of their favorite theories while also allowing them to buy crystals and smoke small batch marijuana. I mean, other than the wife he has, this sounds like a match. Of course, our singer has also gotten herself involved in a lot of controversies, which is why she is a former A, A A-minus lister. All I'm saying is my DMs are wide open and my email's right there in my Instagram bio. And if you ever want to invite me to this, and I I looked it up afterwards. I was like, conspiracy conference, conspiracy con, conspiracy event. It's not Googleable, so it must be something for like big wigs to go to. But how fucking funny is that? The idea of Woody Harrelson and Iggy Azalea smoking weed at a conspiracy conference and like making out while holding crystals. And then lastly, this one's also hilarious. This A-list mostly movie actor has been outspoken in his beliefs about damage done to humans by cell phone towers. Less known is his reward to people who destroy the towers. Wow. My oh my. I mean, that's what you want out of the blind items, right? I want full-fledged nut attack. 
All right, up next, we got Amandala Steinberg. She played Rue in the first movie, and she was also recently in Bodies, 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 that movie with Pete Davidson. I watched it on a plane, and I enjoyed it a lot, and I think it's the perfect movie you watch on a plane. And I don't mean that to sound shitty. I just mean, like, like I wouldn't recommend it to someone but I liked watching it. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, in 2016, she came out as bi slash pan. And then later on in March, she came out as non-binary. So she uses both she, her, and they, them pronouns. And then two years later in uh, June, 2018, she came out as gay. She's pretty interesting too. She dated King Princess for about a year. And in July, 2017, she said that she stopped using a smartphone because she said that such devices and social media can have a negative effect on mental health. Woody Harrelson somewhere right now is like, you go girl, get rid of that cell phone. And while you're at it, take down a tower too. Now, there was just one blind item about her, and it says, this young actress from a famous franchise film is now out of the closet. Good for her. She is crediting another young female celebrity with giving her a nudge to make it public, Willow Smith. It's great that she has friends who are supportive of her being authentic about her identity. It's also interesting that the friend is nudging others, but not talking about her own sexuality. She's ready to do so, but her parents, who are also both celebrities, don't want her making any public announcements just yet. It's become a bit of a battle, but so far, the parents are winning. And Willow Smith, as of 2019, has come out as bisexual and polyamorous. And I was going to say, yeah, like, that blind item must have been probably, what, eight years ago or something? And I've, I would hope that Will and Jada, after everything they've said about their own relationship, wouldn't be the type to be to their kids. Like, hey, like, keep your mouth shut about X, Y, Z. So I just don't see that for them. It looks like she ended up coming out a few years after. Now, going from Willow Smith to Willow Shields, she played Primrose Everdeen in The Hunger Games. She recently came out as bisexual just uh, last year in June 2022 on an Instagram post. She has sad blind items. It's just two. The first one says, this B-minus list mostly movie actress made the jump to reality television. She was in Dancing with the Stars. You are usually hoping to go the other way. I wonder where her parents are because this mid-teens actress was out partying until the middle of the night every night this past week and basically ingested a pharmacy of drugs during it. She's going to be a huge crash and burn. And then we have another blind item that says, this not even old enough to drive B-list, mostly movie actress who has worked some reality TV was clearly involved with a guy who had to be pushing 30. She looks older when she is alone, but when you see her with a guy that old, it is disturbing. All right, Donald Sutherland, a.k.a. Kiefer Sutherland's father, a.k.a. the man who played the evil President Snow in The Hunger Games. He really wanted the role of President Snow. I think he was, like, reading the books. He, I'm kind of reminded of Christopher Lee, who reached out in our Lord of the Rings episode, which was, in fact, on Patreon. It's, oh, my God, it's, like, hard keeping track of all of these now. Christopher Lee reached out. He actually knew J.R. Tolkien. He had spoken to him once and he really wanted the role of Gandalf, but he was a little bit too old for it. There was a lot of physical stunts. So he ended up getting the role of 
Samaron? The evil wizard. I'm forgetting the name right now. But Donald Sutherland kind of did the same. He really wanted to play President Snow. And what's interesting is that he blogged for a bit for the Huffington Post during like the U.S. presidential election campaign in 2008. And then there were government documents that were declassified in 2017 that showed that he was on the NSA watch list in between 1971 and 1973 because he had a lot of anti-war activities. Isn't that crazy? You guys are all on a watch list, by the way, for um, listening to my podcast. So we're all in it together. And there was only like one blind item about him. And it was just that like he went to a CrossFit class. And then after the CrossFit class, he walked over to his car parked in the street in a disabled spot. And it was like, are you serious? Like you just did a CrossFit class. All right, Jenna Malone, she played Joanna. I loved her character. And you know what? A lot of people have told me that I look like Jenna Malone. I don't really see it. Like, I don't know, maybe we have the same chin or like the same profile from the side. She was really interesting to me too because when she, spoiler alert, had her head shaved in the third and fourth movie, how did she look so good with her head shaved? Oh my God. Like she looked like, it was almost like when Kristen Stewart had really short hair. Their faces kind of reminded me of each other. Anyway, she is the actress who spoke out about a recent sexual, sorry, not a recent, she recently spoke out about sexual assault that happened to her while she was working on The Hunger Games. But let's start with a little bit. She's also got some interesting background. So basically she was born in Nevada. And what was really interesting is that her mom became pregnant after a one-night stand with her father, who was married to another woman at the time. So Jenna ended up being raised by her mother and her mother's girlfriend. And she said about this, quote, they were lovers, I had two moms, and it was awesome. So she was estranged from her father for a lot of her life, but then they ended up reconciling when she became an adult. And then actually at age 15, she was legally emancipated from her mother because her mother was like squandering her earnings, excessively spending the money that she made from acting and just mismanaging her finances. And Jenna Malone, she's spoken a lot about her sexuality, which is pretty cool that Willow Shields, Jenna Malone, Amanda Steinberg allegedly Josh Hutcherson and Woody Harrelson have all had different, you know, experiences. Now, what was really interesting about some of her blind items that we'll get to first is that they always reference a makeup artist. So this first one says, the award-winning Hunger Games actress from this latest installment has always been the go-to person for drugs on any movie where she is involved. She also brings her own makeup artist who is her courier when they run out. And then another blind item, this actress makes the second of three actresses who all say that the makeup person kept them hooked on drugs. And then we've got one here that says this C plus B minus list movie actress is starting to make it big. She has a movie opening, which should be big for her career. So it was surprising that she was so whacked out on meth that her hands were shaking and her breath reeked at the premiere of the new movie. And they say allegedly that was the premiere for when she was in Sucker Punch. Now, in terms of speaking out about her assault, she posted a photo on Instagram a few weeks ago, and it was a photo of her in a field. It's a pretty photo, and her caption was long. She basically said that the photo was taken after they wrapped Mockingjay Part 2, and you know the driver let her out in the field, and she cried, and he captured the moment. And then she says, I was going through a bad breakup at this time and also was sexually assaulted by someone I had worked with. I was so full of gratitude for this project, the people I became close with, and the amazing part I got to play. 
I wish it wasn't tied to such a traumatic event for me, but that is the real wildness of life, I guess, how to hold the chaos with the beauty. And then she says, I've worked very hard to heal and learn through restorative justice, how to make peace with the person who violated me and how to make peace with myself. It's been hard to talk about the Hunger Games and Joanna Mason without feeling the sharpness of this moment in time, but I'm ready to move through it and reclaim the joy and accomplishment I felt. And I think a lot of people focused in, which by the way, I do want to shout out to that Willow Shields, we mentioned her earlier, she played Primrose Evadine. She commented on the post and she said, this post has me at a loss of words. I understand. And I hope that though the process is slow, you are okay, Jenna Hart. And a lot of people were kind of mega douche dicks about this. So one person said that the unnamed individual, quote, got to walk away with no repercussions. And she responded and said, that's not true. And then a lot of people had issues with her saying that she went through this process of restorative justice, which I'm new to learning about this. It seems like restorative justice is when you individually reach out to the person that caused you harm and you tell them how it affected you and why it was wrong and what you need from them to heal or something like that. It's more of speaking to them about what they did rather than, I guess, going through the courts or just dealing in terms of punishment. And this is what she said about it, quote, what led me there was feeling not held by outing someone using the traditional cancel-like culture that has been created. I also don't fully see how the criminal justice system could fully repair my healing, though I do believe it can help in many ways. It all led me to using restorative justice, basically a system of repairing harm, to speak to the other party involved and make requests of my healing journey and really just be heard. It wasn't perfect, and I'm sure I could have used the help of many teachers out there who practice restorative justice in meditation settings. I just felt needed to do it alone, I guess. Or sorry, heated to do it alone. And I think, first of all, I think a celebrity saying cancel-like culture just sends a lot of people's panties into a twist. And it's like, like, calm the fuck down. Do you know what I mean? And so many people were upset about this. And they were like, no, like he's still out there. It was your job to do this. And I just find that such a raw deal. Like where in the fuck do you get off? First of all, on like having a take on this and telling a woman what to do about her assault. That is such a typical like male douchebag on Reddit. Like you should have gone to the hospital and gotten a rape kit. Like that's just, it's just exercising. It's being frustrated that you don't have control over someone and you have to like let that go. And also these people saying that what she, she shouldn't have done restorative justice. They're basically implying, okay, so not only did you get assaulted on set and you got a complete shit hand where you've been sexually assaulted, now, because that happened to you, it's your job and your duty to put your entire life on pause while you bring down this potentially powerful abuser. So yeah, you know, he could ruin your career. He could make you broke. He could threaten your safety. It doesn't matter because he assaulted you. It's now your job to rid the planet of what he is doing. Like to me, that just makes like no sense whatsoever. I don't know. I think it's fine because her Instagram post didn't come across as like telling people what to do or giving advice. She was just talking about something personal to herself. Ooh, God damn. I got heated over that. All right, and then lastly, because I didn't want to end on such a bitter note, just some fun facts for Hunger Games that I found, they tickled my funny bone. One was that there was an upsurge in archery after the Hunger Games, and how true is that? How true is that? Also, I feel like with the movie Brave, there's something about girls and archery where they're just like, I love, love, love it. A second one is that there are theories about where the books are set. So 
all of these districts are made in present day USA. And there's a lot of theories about like where each district and capital is. A lot of people think that Denver, Colorado is where the capital is. And I was watching the movies with that in mind. And I think it makes sense because there's always like snow capped mountains in the background. And then some people were saying, would Katniss's home be like in the North and South Carolinas because that's where they filmed. I find all of that fun. And also what I think is interesting is that Jennifer Lawrence, apparently she blew the doors off of her audition and everybody immediately was like, you have to be Katniss. You're, you're going to be so great. Suzanne Collins said that she was the only one who truly captured the character that I wrote in the book. But Jennifer Lawrence was worried about taking on such a big franchise role and it took her three days before she accepted the offer because she was worried that it was going to thrust her too much into the spotlight and kind of make her too famous. And I mean, right, make a plan and God laughs. Is that not exactly what happened to Jennifer Lawrence with being overexposed as like the cool girl, the funny girl talking about pizza at the Oscars girl, and then we all just like decided to hate her? Good Lord. So there we have it, Hunger Games. We've got some alleged cheating, some hooking up on set, some drugs on set, some 5G cell phone towers being brought down while Woody Harrelson pays you to do it. A lot going on here. So as always, head on over to Instagram this week if you want to check out some behind the scene photos and talk with everybody else about what you thought about the episode. Thank you for hanging out with me and I will see you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye guys.